Hi, and welcome to Airwave, a student-led anesthesia podcast for clerk and pre-clerk medical students. My name is Alexa, and joining me today is Grace and the newest member of our Airwave podcast, Anushka. And this is super exciting because if anyone knows Anushka, you know just how much of a team player she is and how lucky we are to have her as part of our team. Thanks so much for saying that, Alexa. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be here as the newest member of Airwave. I'm currently in my first year at McMaster and have just moved to Hamilton. We have recently started incorporating some aspects of in-person learning, so it'll be really nice to finally start experiencing the clinical environment and use these tips that we will be talking about in this episode. And I have to second that. They're all super excited to have Anushka here. I know we're going to have some great episodes even today and in the future. But today we're going to cover a topic that is slightly different from what we've done in the past, but very timely, given that students at McMaster, including myself, are starting clerkship right now. And woo, exciting. Uh, Personally, however, I think this topic is really important, and it is professionalism in anesthesia. Specifically, in today's episode, we want to give you 10 tips on how to be professional and succeed during your anesthesia rotations. Although, as you'll see, these tips apply to many specialties and not only anesthesia. And as a full disclosure, as always, these tips uh, for professionalism are based on our own clinical experiences and advice that we have received from staff anesthesiologists and residents along the way. It's definitely by no means an exhaustive list. And we do recognize that while professionalism has an unifying underlying ethic, its practice can look slightly different from person to person and from situation to situation. So keep that in mind. And this is definitely an episode that I've also been looking forward to for quite some time. And one of those reasons is that anesthesia is a specialty that when you think about it, requires a high level of trust. Your patients are letting you do some pretty remarkable things. You are quite literally managing their most vital physiology during surgery. And that's not a responsibility to take lightly. And part of earning that patient's trust is to be a professional. And I, like everyone at uh, the Airwave podcast, want you all to be rock stars during your clerkship rotation. So here are some little pearls of advice to help you get there. Additionally, in medical school, we are taught the basics of ethics and the behaviors that are valued by the profession. We recognize the importance of knowledge, honesty, confidentiality, and respect for the patient. What is not as well understood at this earliest level of training is how these lofty ideals apply to the day-to-day clinical practice. And I couldn't agree more. In my experience, teaching the finer points of professionalism comes up a lot less than the contraindications for succinylcholine, for example, or the best angle to intubation, you name it. And for example, advice about how you speak to patients, nurses, and your general professional development, in my experience, comes up a much less and is much more rare. So true. And I, for one, am so thankful when I do get some tips and tricks on how to be a professional in and around the OR. And now the last reason for which I personally am really excited about this episode is because when I first began clerkship, I had things a little bit backwards. I remember approaching my first set of electives thinking, okay, how do I impress for CARMS? How do I get that leather? How do I show my knowledge base? But really, that isn't what clerkship is about. 
what you need to do during clerkship is learn how to best serve your patients. And that's true in anesthesia. That is true in whatever medical specialty that you're in. And so this episode really serves that purpose. And this makes it that I'm a, that's a topic that I'm really passionate about. I totally agree with that, Alexa. This view of working to do right by your patients is a commitment that we should all hone in clerkship and as we move forward in our careers as well. So with that being said, let's get to our 10 tips for being a professional in anesthesia. All right. Number one, and perhaps my absolute favorite, is be on time or even better, be early. And yes, there will be early mornings in anesthesia. And I know, including myself, we'd all like those few extra minutes of sleep. However, being punctual or early allows you to have enough time to do tasks that are good for perioperative care, like reading over the patient's charts and preparing the room. And even more, gives you time to do those extra things to make yourself feel a bit less stressed. So you can familiarize yourself with a potentially new hospital, find the ORs, the scrub machines, the change rooms, and even your staff, because these things at a new site can definitely be time-consuming and stressful if you can't find them. Now, just to build up on that a little bit, a lot of anesthesia is putting some forethought into things and being prepared to avoid badness. And I see being early as exactly doing that. You give yourself the time to mitigate things like losing your ID badge, not knowing where to go, um, things like that that will inevitably happen in clerkship and really just makes for much smoother mornings. So trust me, it's worth it to get up those few extra minutes early. Now, The next tip is to take the time to introduce yourself to the patient. So what I want you to do for a few seconds is imagine yourself as a patient who is getting ready for the OR. You're in the hospital. It's an unfamiliar place. It's uncomfortable. And you also know very little about the doctor, resident, or medical student that is coming in and doing the pre-op assessment but they know a lot about you. They know about your medical history. They know about your procedure that you're going to be having that day. And this imbalance can make things a little bit awkward. And I'm sure as a patient, you would perk up when you hear your name. And that's the vital function that names serve. It helps to mitigate the power imbalance that can exist between a medical student, resident physician, and the patient. It also makes for a much more comfortable experience overall and is really the first step in addressing the power dynamic that we all know exists in medicine. Now, to continue with the theme of introductions. Tip number three, ask your patients how they pronounce their name and ask them if it's okay if you can call them by it. Firstly, calling a patient by their name is an important safety measure to ensure that you are communicating with the right person. And yes, bed switches do occur. In addition to just safety, it makes the encounter much more personable. I know personally when someone takes the time to get to know me and ask for my name and how to pronounce it, it just makes me feel so much more cared for. It furthers the idea that your patient isn't just a faceless visitor with medical comorbidities and a procedure to be performed. They are an individual and should be gotten to know as such. Also, when patients are called upon by their first name, they feel empowered and may be more willing to share their concerns regarding their anesthetic. 
Specific to anesthesia, it also facilitates emergence at the end of surgery. And that brings us to tip number four. Conclude your interviews by asking patients if they have any questions or even better, if there's anything that you can do to improve their hospital stay. As a medical student, we have the lovely privilege of time. And you can use this to ask if the patient has any questions and explore potentially any fears or concerns they have about the upcoming surgery. These can sometimes be simple questions, which you can readily provide the answer to and help kind of break down that power shift that Alexa was talking about before. But I find sometimes, including myself, we're scared to ask if patients have any questions because we as medical students might not have all the answers. And that's okay. If you can, if you know the questions that the patient have and you're not sure of the answer, you can talk with your staff about this, look it up, et cetera. But at least you took the time to understand their concerns. And finally, if they have any requests, you can also help to try and make sure those get done. And these can also be fairly simple, like even getting them a warm blanket um, in the pre-op area as well. And believe me, one of the best things that you can do as a medical student is to make sure that your patient feels like they're being listened to. Now for tip number five, get to know your nurses, the anesthesiology assistants, the cleaning staff, and any other member of the perioperative team. Anesthesia is a team sport. It's as simple as that. And one thing that I've come to love about the specialty is that day in and day out, you get to work with people who are committed to doing a good job. And this should be acknowledged and respected. And to do this, it's pretty simple. When you walk into the OR at the beginning of the day, write your name on the board, tell everyone your name and your level of training. And likewise, ask the name of the nurses and anyone else who is present in the OR. And once you're in the PACU, do the same thing. Introduce yourself to the PACU nurses and get their names. And there's a common theme here. Names are important. And that's because it helps build the community environment that makes for a really collegial and welcoming atmosphere. And if you have the time, go beyond introducing yourself. Get to know your nurses. You'll realize that they have so much to learn in terms of experience because they have seen everything. Um, And just generally, collegiality goes a long way in terms of building an effective multidisciplinary team. And we all know that this leads to better patient outcomes. And yes, I said nurses, but like I said, this goes for any member of the perioperative team. Tip number six, develop situational awareness. Know your place in the OR. There are times where, as a medical student, it is appropriate for you to help and for you to ask questions. However, if there's an intraoperative crisis, that's probably not the best time to ask your staff about their approach to hypoxia or what they enjoy most about anesthesia. In scenarios like this, ask your staff if there's anything you can do to help. And if not, often the most useful thing you can do is to step back and observe. And that brings us to tip number seven, which is be excited to try new things, but be aware of the limitations of your technical skills and knowledge. Okay, so all of these tips have been super important, but this one is really important. Anesthesia is a very procedure-heavy specialty, and this provides a great opportunity for clerks to learn new skills. However, the flip side of this is that there's also a risk of causing serious harm to a patient if a procedure is not done safely. 
So our suggestion here is to show that you are willing to learn, but you are cognizant of your limitations. A good way to initiate this conversation is to ask your staff, perhaps at the beginning of the day or early during your shift, is how they would like you to participate and which procedures they are comfortable with medical students attempting. And this usually initiates the conversations around your previous OR experiences and previous procedures you've done in the past. However, in another situation where this conversation does not happen, if a staff asks you to do something that you have not done before, let's say place the IV, for example, here you could say, I haven't placed an IV before, but I've practiced on models or I've read about it or I've watched videos, you can fill in the blanks, but, and I would love to try it if you walked me through it. And from there, it's kind of up to your staff to decide how to move forward. And this can look very differently depending on your staff comfort level, how long you've worked with them, your comfort level, et cetera. So your staff may walk you through the procedure, may do it themselves and have you watch and perhaps let you do one in the future. But this way you are honest about your level of training and show you want to learn. And asking for help only allows you to build trust um, with your staff as well. Now that there is some solid pieces of advice. If you don't take anything else from this episode, remember those points. And it's really true. It's a fine balance. You need to advocate for your learning opportunities and definitely show yourself keen to take them. But at the end of the day, again, you want to make sure that you are safe for your patients. And that really needs to be your number one consideration. All right. Tip number eight. Learn more about your preceptors and their preferences. So another funny thing about anesthesia that you might not see in other specialties is that you are with one staff the entire day. So to paint a picture for you, you're standing side by side with this one person for the entire OR. And this can be really great if you get along with them, but sometimes you don't. Regardless, here are some tips for success. On your first day, or sorry, before your first day, email them to figure out where you should meet them so you aren't playing a game of hide-and-seek in the preoperative area the first morning. You can also ask for their contact information if they feel comfortable sharing with it. Okay, on your first day, then what do you do? Well, you should ask about their preferences for setting up the rooms, for example, Uh, preparing drugs, getting airway equipment, etc. Some staff are more than happy when they come in and their OR is set up. Other staff, uh, simply because of their level of comfort, would rather drop the drugs themselves. And that's okay. And that's why it's important to know these things. And again, ask them how comfortable they are about allowing medical students to perform certain procedures. Again, this will give you a barometer for what procedures and what warning you should advocate for. Now, during the shift, then what you sh- what, then what do you do? You should mirror their teaching styles and work within it. So are they someone that likes silence and would prefer you to read? Or are they someone who really likes to teach and are really open to questions? This is something that as you work with more and more staff, you'll get a feel for. But really try to be adaptable and flexible and mold yourself to those styles. And lastly, and I know this was something that I freaked out about during my first anesthesia rotations, but... If your preceptor asks you to take a coffee break, just take it. I know for myself, I was thinking, why are they sending me on coffee break? 
I can't be keen for these next 15 minutes. And do they not know that I want to learn everything about anesthesia or do they really not like me or do they really think I'm that tired? But no, it's not about any of those things. It's just sometimes staff need some time to catch up on charting and would really appreciate that time by themselves in the OR. And as a clerk, it's also a great opportunity to read about your cases and come back with topics that you can then discuss with your staff. And that brings us to tip number nine. Always solicit feedback and engage in reflective practice. Feedback is incredibly important for your own understanding of where you are in your training and for providing you with advice on how to keep improving your clinical skills. There are a few ways to make sure that you get the most out of it. Firstly, you should make a point to let your staff know early on that you would like to make time for feedback at the end of the day. This way, your preceptor will be able to formulate points of feedback throughout the session and then the feedback itself will not be rushed. Similarly, the most valuable feedback is when it's specific. And so if you were observed during a particular procedure or had worked on a predefined learning objective, ask about those things. If you had set learning objectives at the beginning of the day or rotation, you could ask your staff to observe you completing that objective and ask for feedback afterwards. To get the most out of your feedback session, you can also ask questions that allow for actionable pieces of feedback. An example of this can be, can you tell me one thing you would recommend I do differently? Importantly, you need to make sure that you're open to feedback. Feedback is a gift and you should view it positively, whether it's reinforcing or constructive. While constructive feedback might be more difficult to hear in the moment, at the end of the day, it will be what helps you improve and become a better doctor. And all right, we made it all the way to tip number 10. And this is one that I think is really important as well. And that is, if you make a mistake, be honest about it and learn from it. And I'll be the first to say I've made mistakes during my clerkship. And the reality of practice in anesthesia is that try as you might, mistakes are going to happen in your residency and in your career. But when they do happen, the most important thing that you can do here is be accountable to it. Let your staff know if you're a medical student or a resident and learn from them. So here's time for a little bit of a story. On a recent clinical rotation, I went in early to practice putting in IVs, and that's something that I like to do. Things were going well. I hadn't missed one that morning. I was super proud of myself. That is until I went back to the pre-op area to go do the interview on my next patient, and the nurse pulls me aside, and she's like, Alexa, do you know that you left the tourniquet on one of the patients this morning? I was like, what? And she explained to me that thankfully another nurse was able to catch it. The patient wasn't harmed. But luckily that happened, but it doesn't change that a mistake was made. And I knew immediately that I needed to tell my staff. And as a side note, if you are going to try and do any additional technical procedure, even if it seems as simple as putting in IVs before your shift, you need to let your staff know because they are responsible for you. And in this situation, I'm definitely glad that my staff knew that I was doing that that morning. But anyways, I went back to the OR and the first thing that I told my staff was my mistake. And of course, this is something that is never fun to do, but it's necessary. And surprisingly, she wasn't mad 
at all. In fact, she was actually really happy that I'd come forward with my mistake. And what she told me is that, yeah, the same thing happened to her. But what she does now is that she keeps a little journal with mistakes that are written in it so that she can learn from them. And so what I took from that experience is that one, always double check that the tourniquet is off. And I can say no tourniquet has uh, remained on the patient since that event. But the most important things that I also learned is be honest, be honest, and be honest. Like I said, anesthesia is all about trust and you can't have that if you're not honest. And secondly, is that yes, mistakes will happen. Don't get mad. Don't get frustrated at yourself, but learn from them. And I definitely couldn't agree more. And I think, Alexa, your story really drives that point home. And I think our listeners and even myself, I really appreciate you sharing that. And I think we can all stand to learn from it. And I'm even going to triple check my tourniquets (laughs) during IVs as well. Please do. (laughs) So that kind of wraps up our episode. So as a recap, our 10 tips were, number one, be on time or even better, be early. Introduce yourself to the patient. Ask your patients how they pronounce their name and ask them if it's okay if you call them by it. Conclude your interviews by asking patients if they have any questions or if there's anything that you can do for them. Get to know your allied health staff. Develop your situational awareness in the OR. Be excited to try new things but aware of your limitations. Learn more about your preceptors and their preferences. Always try and solicit feedback. And finally, Alexa's favorite, if you make a mistake, be honest about it and learn from it. And that wraps up our episode. Thanks for tuning in. And there you have it. Our top tips for being a strong and professional clerk. And I all want you guys to be rock stars during your clerkship rotations, and I know that you will be. And please keep these tips in mind as you enter the OR or any other clinical environment as clerkship begins. And of course, we couldn't have done this episode without the support of our lovely team of residents, in addition to Dr. Cordovani. Now make sure to stay tuned for our next series, where we will switch gears once again and tackle in more depth the pharmacology and physiology of anesthesia. And as always, stay tuned for updates on our website and Twitter account at Airwave Podcasts and tweet at us any questions or comments. Also, we'll be putting out a survey soon with an opportunity to win a gift card. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And until next time, keep working hard, stay healthy and safe, take some nice deep breaths and count back from 10.